Michael Swickert here. Welcome to Enchanting Stories of New Mexico. It's uh, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our award-winning Hatch Green and Red Chili, boy, is it good. It's from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, which you know is the chili capital of the world. Today I'm focused on the life of NASA astronaut Colonel Frank Borman, who passed away November 7th at age 95. He lived in southern New Mexico about 15 years, and there's a connection with these podcasts that I do on history and culture in New Mexico with Colonel Frank Borman. When the colonel moved to Las Cruces in 1985, he purchased a couple of auto dealerships to be run by his son, Fred Borman. That is why, until recently, you saw Borman Ford, Borman Honda, and so on. Son Fred Borman's wife, Donna Borman, was the head of the marketing department. She was looking at the history and culture of this area and talked to me because I talk about history and culture. I proposed and they accepted that I research and write a one-page story on something historical or cultural about this area for each of the 366 days in the year. It ran for several years, and I retained ownership of the data, so some of these stories you hear me talk about, it started there as I started thinking about this. I spoke with the colonel a number of times and found him fascinating. I like his autobiography, which you can still get, Countdown, an autobiography of Frank Borman, written by him and Robert Serling. It's a fabulous book. I like his attitude where he says, lead, follow, or get out of the way. But he was a very warm person. I was just finishing my first semester at New Mexico State University in December of 1968 when he and his fellow astronauts orbited the moon 10 times there at Christmas time, 1968. And I remember so well sitting there watching and he was saying, and from the crew of the Apollo 8, we close with good night, good luck, a Merry Christmas, and God bless all of you, all of you on the good earth. I understand that broadcast was the most watched television broadcast at that time. I'm glad I got to work with him when he lived here in Las Cruces. Now, on Mondays and Fridays, I talk about history and culture, which I'm doing today, Wednesdays, I always feature somebody who's important to New Mexico. So in two days, you look on your calendar, November 15th, I'll do a history of Frank Borman from growing up in Tucson to circling the moon 10 times to coming to Las Cruces and then moving to Montana. One last thing about Frank Borman. In 1978, he was one of the six original recipients of the Congressional Space Medal of Honor for his role as commander of Apollo 8. And in 1982, he was inducted into the International Space Hall of Fame at the New Mexico Museum of Space History in Alamogordo, New Mexico. The museum was dedicated on October 5, 1976 with the mission to inspire, educate, promote, and preserve, along with honoring the pioneers of space exploration. It is an affiliate of the Smithsonian and has a number of attractions, including the main museum, which I've been to many times, four floors of exhibits with a great view of Alamogordo and White Sands when you look out, the Space Hall of Fame with stories of the pioneers of space, lots of them, the John Stapp Air and Space Park, the Clyde Tombaugh Education Center, 
a new Horizons Dome Theater and Planetarium, among others. Now, on that Dome Theater, I really enjoy the IMAX experience. And several times a day, they do a planetarium talk so that that night when you look up, if, if you can, there's no clouds, you will understand some of what you see looking up. It's a great place to visit there in Alamogordo. Michael Swickert here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company. Hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. Let's do a little New Mexico history in the form of tall tales. Me? Tall tales? Yes. I'm 6'1". Tall tales uh, that you talk to people at a campfire with. Storytellers love a gathering of people around a campfire after a day of riding in the great outdoors of New Mexico. Now, there's two parts often to these stories. First, a description of gold and silver worth millions of dollars just waiting patiently in New Mexico to be discovered. Second, the problem is finding where that gold is, either in its original form in the ground or in a strong box buried after a stage robbery or maybe in canvas bags. Gold is just waiting for people like you to find it, is what they like to say when they're telling these stories. Those are stories you often hear around a campfire. Example, Cooney, New Mexico, just east of Alma, New Mexico. You might know Alma, 60 miles northwest of Silver City. It was the southern end of the outlaw gang. Butch Cast and his Sundance Kids Wild Bunch hang out and hide out for a time. They were employed by the W.S. Ranch, which was really happy that the rustling stopped completely while the Wild Bunch was working for them. You bet it stopped. Cooney, New Mexico is a ghost town that was first developed in 1870s by Sergeant James Cooney from Fort Baird, east of Silver City. While uh, a soldier, that as a soldier, he was scouting for the 8th Cavalry and he discovered gold and silver deposits. And unlike almost every other prospect in the history of the Southwest, well, he was a soldier, he didn't mention what he had found to anyone. He knew exactly where it was. And when his enlistment ended and he was mustered out, he returned to the area with a partner he had taken in, and they were just starting to see if they could do some digging when hostile Apaches caused them to vacate the area. Now, he thought about it for a couple of years, and he returned with others in 1878. He laid out the town site of Alma to support the mines and just uh, just started digging there. Unfortunately, Sergeant Cooney was killed shortly afterwards in 1879 when a raiding party of Chiricahua Apaches, led by Victorio, raided the area, reportedly killing 41 miners in what's known as the Alma Massacre. Much of the gold already mined, which had been mined, was not ever accounted for and is rumored to be somewhere in that area. Again, if we were doing a fireside chat of tall tales, I'd say, hey, there's a great deal of gold out there waiting just to be discovered. Uh, but Michael, what about the flood? Oh yeah, I didn't tell you about that. The town of Alma in 1894 burnt completely down to the, to the concrete in a horrible fire. And then, wasn't that enough? No, in 1911, it was completely flooded out and flooded away in a flash flood with little remaining. It was rebuilt, but much of the work done in the 1870s was lost, including where those people may have put some gold. But it's 
there somewhere. That's a different than the hidden wealth story that you might hear. Now, 60 miles south of Alma, go straight down, is Doubtful Canyon. That's a good name. There was a Butterfield Overland stage route, which had a stagecoach going there with a few passenger, and it was carrying the gold output from some mines, which did not have any other way of getting the gold to market. Now, the campfire story goes that the outlaws stopped the stage and disarmed the guard. The masked outlaws had everyone empty their pockets. Oh, doggone it, there was hardly anything there. And then one of the outlaws, there were two of them, discovered the gold in the canvas sacks going to market. Well, there was several heavy sacks of gold. They sent the stagecoach on, and the two of them stood there trying to figure out how to get this gold out themselves. Well, it seems they buried it somewhere near where they were, so they could come back because they knew a posse of lawmen would come soon. The stage was certainly going to talk about it. And they couldn't run with their horses with all that weight. So no one knows why they never came back. All you have to do is find it in Doubtful Canyon. That's the kind of story. If you're listening to people tell campfire stories, Doubtful Canyon, it has your fortune if you can just find it. It's a little above Steins, New Mexico, if you're looking for it. Michael Swickert here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. You can hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. A little more history in our area. In the 1850s, a plan was made to use, are you ready for this, standby camels that they got from Egypt out in the great southwest. Since it was thought by somebody who had more time to think than good sense that camels could carry more weight than horses or mules, and therefore they thought they would need less feed and water, and uh, the people pushing for the army to buy some camels said, hey, hey, they might even be faster, perhaps. And so they thought camels could carry the mail and the freight faster than what was being done. So they talked about it, and Congress, having more money than good sense, put $30,000 in 1855, 56 into this. That would be about a million dollars in today's money. You know, a million here, a million there. Pretty soon you've got pretty big money. Anyway, so somewhere around 70 camels arrived in 1857 to the southwest San Antonio and then on up to Las Cruces and around. And they were quite at home in the southwestern desert, but not well suited for the work with the army soldiers. They had an unpleasant disposition and would bolt away if possible. They hated that. They kicked, they bit, they took great pleasure in frightening the cavalry horses and mules who had never seen or been around camels. Since the army had spent so much money on them, the army officers required that they continued to be used. And then what happened? Well, then the Civil War broke out and the army lost all interest in the Camel Corps. Regardless, there was still a bunch of camels in New Mexico which were some were sold at auction to mine owners in Mexico, not very many of them, but some were sold there, and even more camels at some point when some of the soldiers were either going south to join the Confederacy or going uh, east to join the Union, 
they were just turned loose to fend for themselves, which they did quite well with no natural predators. At some point over the years and the years and the years, the sightings of the camels in the southwest dwindled, and then someone realized and wrote about it they hadn't been seen for a while. Can you imagine that? I haven't seen any camels for a while. And uh, why? No one knew. Then in 1907, a silver prospector in Nevada claimed he had seen two wild camels, but he couldn't catch them. They were way too fast for him. By the 1930s, there was no additional sightings other than one camel who was named Topsy, who was taken to the Los Angeles Zoo to live out its life, and it did. If you're driving around the wilds of New Mexico and you happen to see a ghost camel, hey, do this. Take a picture of it and send it to me. I always thought we should look carefully for camels because I'm pretty sure camels like the taste of green chili, so they should be in the hills northwest of Hatch, New Mexico, which you know is the chili capital of the world. Now, speaking of chili, the radio stations in my little slice of paradise are playing Christmas tunes, and it's time to consider Christmas chili at the Fresh Chili Company. Now, I'm speaking from experience, since this is one of my favorite flavors, where you combine both red and green chili, and it's called Christmas chili. As they say, don't just celebrate, savor the magic of the season with sensational chili sauces, and I say amen to that. If you go to the Fresh Chili Company website, you can see Hatch 575 Red and Green Christmas Pack, six-pack, which will satisfy the chili hunger in your house. Me, I like the medium heat. And if you're a fan of green enchiladas like I am, you can get roasted green chili sauce in mild, medium, or hot taste heat. I like the rich, smoky undertones since it is roast green chili with the tang of lime juice. It turns your enchiladas into a masterpiece worthy of taking a picture of it just before serving and afterwards you can take a picture of the satisfied faces. One more taste sensation. You can whip up your own pasoli pack of red sauce Pasoli and Pasoli seasoning. Go to the Fresh Chili Company. That's FreshChiliCo.com. FreshChiliCo.com. One thing that happens when people live in Las Cruces or come here, they can go to the Fresh Chili Company gift shop at 1160 El Paseo Road, Suite D7A in Las Cruces. It's open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Come by the Fresh Chili Co. Uh, Fresh Chili Company gift shop. It has a big sign over the entrance saying the Fresh Chili Company. This is Michael Swickard with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico brought to you by the Fresh Chili Company. Thank you for your time today. We'll always have lots of news and stories about New Mexico for you with these podcasts. If you have someone or something you would like me to talk about, write to me, michael at freshchilico.com michael at freshchilico.com. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, yes, and eat plenty, and I do mean plenty, of that good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili's good, more is better, as long as it's Hatch Valley chili. Bye for now.